0: Well, good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. For those that weren't here last week, we want to say Happy New Year. I must say, after nine days, you're looking pretty slim. (laughs) I know we started the new year off right. We do this every year, don't we? We vow, man, I'm going to eat, I'm going to get that 20 pounds off. I'm with you. I'm with you. Pray for me. Those that are online... You're looking pretty slim, too, so keep up the good work, Um, but really not what happens here in January. What's going to happen the rest of the year? We're going to talk about that during this series, but how many are ready for something new in your life in this year, 2022? I've said it, and I believe it with everything in my heart. I believe this year is going to be an amazing year, not just for the church, but for you personally. But you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. You have to be very mindful, very intentional about what's happening in your life, what you've done, especially after the last two years. So many people have gotten into a routine, they've isolated themselves, they feel separated and distant from God. We are going to be very, very intentional as we move into 2022 to go deeper into the things that God has for us. To not just stay satisfied with just okay, it's just business as usual. Countryside, this is an important season of our church. It's an important season for the kingdom of God. When darkness is swirling all around us, this is when the church rises up and really walks out the purpose of what the church is all about. God has called us to be a beacon of light in the Tampa Bay area, a beacon of light in the world. We're gonna do that together. And I'm so excited about what God's gonna do with us and through us in 2022. So get ready, have a great expectancy in your heart because God's getting ready to do something new. Isaiah says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. How many are ready for a new thing that God's gonna do in your life? Well, today, as we start off this series, it's called The Best Way is we're gonna talk about maybe a problem. I'm gonna raise a problem that we might have in our life and so many are struggling with, but really not offer the solution this week. So many people have lived through so much over these last two years, and so much has built up inside of them of stress and worry and anxiety, and it's become so complicated. I want you to know, in the next 30 minutes, I'm not gonna solve your problems. but. I believe at the end of this message today, you're gonna be greatly frustrated with some things that are happening in your life. So my job today is to make you frustrated. Welcome to Countryside, we're so glad that you've joined us today. (laughs) So at risk of offending you, this is not a question you would expect from a pastor. I've never asked this question. But I think at the beginning of this year, I want us to get real honest with things that we may feel. I know certainly through the history of time, I've seen it over and over where people feel this way, but they never do anything about it. So here's the question. Do you ever feel like Christianity isn't working? Now, I've been in this church for 40 years. In over 40 years, I want you to know there's been literally hundreds of thousands of different individuals that have walked through the doors and called countryside their home over the last 40 years. I've seen people that have come in, they were lost, they found Christ, they begin to walk out their walk with the Lord, and then problems came, disappointment came, life came, and they walked out the door and they started searching for something else. I want you to know Christianity is not a self-help opportunity to better your life because I'm not Tony Robbins. I'm actually better looking than Tony Robbins in the eyes of my wife. I know a lot of you are like, yeah, right, but that's okay. I'll deal with the rejection you just gave me. I could tell by your laugh it was, I'm okay. But Christianity isn't that. Um, There are people that do do deal with some serious, serious situations in their life. The word says that in this world, we will see trials. We will see tribulations, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. We're going to run into issues. That's what a broken world brings is broken issues. But the key is, are we going to stay in our wounds, in our hurt, in our disappointment and walk away and seek something other than truly the way maker in our life? Let me give you an example. Now, I've seen this happen multiple times through the years. I was the youth pastor here for 20 years. So I can describe a young boy that may have come into this church as an infant, was raised in a home that, they called themselves a Christian home. They were in, He was in church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. He played football on Saturday night when his parents were praying. He had his first kiss in the back of one of our church vans and he sees and he's taught what it means to truly follow Christ. But then he walked home and went back to his house and it was in a completely different environment that he was living in. You see, oftentimes the parents weren't living the message that we were preaching. And there was hypocrisy in the home. There was a time that I was on the phone with a girl when I was 17 years old from church and her dad was an elder in the church. Back then, all the pastors and elders used to sit on the stage. Isn't that weird? That was so weird. I used to sit on the stage. It was so weird. I'd look at, at everybody, I'm like, this is so weird. Why am I on this stage? But that's how they did it, back in the 80s. That was one of the negative things of the 80s, but let me tell you, church, the 80s was a great decade. Can you say amen to that? Amen. All right. So I was on the phone with this girl. Father came in, she just tossed the phone down, and he started swearing, cussing at her, called her a whore, all these things. And he's on the stage the next Sunday, like everything is just perfect. There's people that lived in this type of atmosphere. And eventually, the parents would get divorced. They would pray, this young man would pray for a miracle. They would end up divorcing, and the young man would feel, God, where were you in the midst of my prayers? God, what happened? Why didn't you bring my family together? Do you even care about me? And the question comes, does Christianity really work? Another example could be a, a young couple meet in the church, maybe meet in the high school program. They do things right. They start dating. And they're not mating, they're just dating. They're doing it the right way, the way that God wants you to do it. And they stayed pure. And they got married. And they led a small group. And they were serving together. And maybe the husband loses his job. And then following that, the two of them lose a child. And eventually they lose their marriage. And they both ask, God, where are you in the midst of our crisis, why is this happening to us? Do you ever feel that, where you feel like, God, why is this, ha- why is this so hard? You know, for most people, it's not those dramatic cases, but it, it's very real, maybe you go to church, maybe you're starting the year right with your Version Bible plan, you got the Joy FM on the radio, you're wearing your countryside gear, the countryside apparel, you're walking around with faith over fear, you got a great job, got a wonderful house, car, friends, you are able to go on a decent vacation, you're serving God, but yet something inside of you is not feeling complete or happy or fulfilled. And so many Christians walk away with that, with that question, is Christianity the best way? So we're gonna look at all of these things And we're gonna look at a section of scripture and look at what God wants us to walk out and what it really means to walk closely with Jesus and to build our lives, not based upon our circumstances, but based upon Jesus. John chapter 14, starting in verse one, says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way, the place of where I'm going, Jesus asked. And then Thomas jumps in at this point. So many people give Thomas a bad rap. You know, I like Thomas because Thomas is real. I mean, he's asking questions. so many people there have these questions inside of their head and they never ask them because it doesn't seem spiritual to ask. Well, Thomas asked Jesus at this moment, he says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no one comes to the father except through me. The title of this series is called The Best Way How to Live Our Life The Best Way, How to Live Our Life With Success The Best Way, and we're gonna look at what God's way truly is. How many of you brought your Bibles today? Let's pray over our hearts and over this series as we begin it today. Lord, we thank you for your word. Father, we truly wanna walk out what you called us to walk out as true believers in Jesus Christ. So open our hearts, oh God. Help us to look at those dark areas, areas where we're struggling. Help us to open up to allow truly your healing power to flow in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus says, I am the way. The way matters. The way we do things matter. The way that we speak to one another matters. You can say different things, but the way you do it truly makes a difference. You could go up to someone and and say something that's right, but say it the wrong way and it's repulsive. Jesus loves you. You need to ask Jesus in your heart so you can go to heaven. You know what, church? Jesus loves you so much. He wants a deep, intimate relationship with you. And on the other side of this relationship, heaven. I just said the same things. I said one thing the wrong way, and I said one thing, the same thing, the right way. The way matters. Your your wife walks out to go out on your date night on Friday night, and you say, are you wearing that? Husbands, just want you to know that's not a good start. Or you could say, you wearing that? The way matters. If I say to Elaine, you looking good in those boots today, it's gonna to be a good day for Pastor Glenn Davis. I want you to know that. See, so often we hear it over and over and we focus on the truth, which is so important. The truth is what's gonna set us free. But in your notes, we often talk about the truth of Jesus, but rarely talk about about the way of Jesus. A Little bit of Bible trivia. In the book of Acts, first century Christians, before they called themselves Christians, what did they call them? What did they call the Christians before they were called Christians in the book of Acts? They weren't called religious, they weren't called Bible thumpers, Jesus freaks, Bible nerds. No, that's only Pastor Tim O'Fallon that is called the Bible nerd. And he affectionately loves that, I bought him a cup. You see, these spirit-filled, Jesus-loving, demon-crushing, self-sacrificing world changers, they were called people of the way. People of the way. When you look at the way they lived, their goal just, just wasn't only right theology, it wasn't only about moral living, Their goal was to live and love the way that Jesus lived and loved. When you think of the way Jesus lived, we could look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and compare it to the way that we live, and there is a huge difference from the way Jesus lived than the way we live as Americans in Western Christianity. And over these last two years, it's gotten even more intense, it's like, Problems that people had, it was like a magnifying glass was put on the hearts of people over these last two years of isolation. You see, Jesus was full of joy, yet, so many Christians walk around and they're full of stress constantly. Jesus didn't worry. He said, Don't worry, tomorrow's gonna worry about itself. Don't get caught up in that. But some say that this is the most anxious generation in the history of mankind right now that we're living in. Jesus, he would stop and spend time when people were of need and people were hurting. He would stop and actually talk to them. He would stop and actually pray with them. He would actually talk to them and care and show truly that time mattered. But yet so many of us, somebody wants to spend time with you, you're like, I'm busy. I ain't got time for that. We we live in an I ain't got time for that culture. But yet Jesus always had time for the lost, the sick, and the hurting. Jesus was consumed with an ongoing intimate fellowship relationship with his father. That was what his he was consumed with the desire to spend time with him to have intimate conversation with him, to show love to one another through conversation. You know the people that you're closest to? It's people you spend time with. But yet, so often as believers, we can't even spend three minutes in prayer. We start praying, Lord, I'm just so grateful for this day that you've made. I'm gonna rejoice in, oh. Let me just answer this text. I know we're right in the middle of conversation, Lord, let me, okay. Lord, back where were we? Oh, yes, the day you made, all that stuff. Oh, yeah, we're rejoicing, you know, all that. I've got 100 likes on my post. God, let me just look at these seven comments real quick. Wow, I can't believe it. That person, I haven't talked to them in 10 years. They liked my post. God, you're good, you're faithful, but I'm out of time and i got to start my day right now. See you tonight before I go to bed. And then we see him at night before we go to bed, and we're like, Lord, it was a wonderful day that you've made, I'm rejoicing. (laughs) How can we expect to have a loving, intimate relationship with a God that we don't spend time with? What if Jesus lived like we live? What if Jesus would go into his closet and like, you know what, today I wanna wear that designer robe. Oh, where's the polo? Oh, there it is. Oh, let me get that Calvin Klein sash. People are gonna look at me and say, you fly. Jesus is fly today. Oh, where's my Yeezy sandals? I didn't even know what a Yeezy sandal was. I Googled it this week. I guess it's a big deal. What if Jesus was consumed with those things? And then as the day goes on, he's scrolling on Instagram, and he finds John the Baptist. And John the Baptist has more followers than Jesus does. Jesus would be like, what? I mean, that guy can't even wear my Yeezys. How's he going to be having more followers than me? What if Jesus, at the end of a hard day, at the end of a busy day, you know what? Thank God this day is over. I can't wait to pop open a cold beer and rest. That wasn't the way that Jesus lived. Jesus wasn't just the truth and the life. He was the way to the Father. How did Jesus interact with life? Jesus would go somewhere, he would take his time and walk. He wasn't in a hurry. We're always so often pushing ourselves, adding to our schedule. Busy is better. Busy, busy, busy. Rushed, rushed, rushed. And what happens when we live that way? Time goes by and we miss the moments, those moments that we need to treasure, that we need to enjoy, those moments with our children that are gifts from God but we're so busy, we can't even enjoy it. You know, when I was writing my book, Elaine and I were coming up with pictures that I wanted to show in, in the book that I wrote as I showed my journey and how God just resurrected me in the middle of ministry, in the middle of hurt and pain. And we came up with these pictures. And in these pictures were real big moments in my life. I can remember that one in the bottom, that's, that was my first mission trip to the Dominican Republic. Changed my life forever. I had a mullet, I know. I was thinner, I know, you don't need to think that, it's okay. But I look at these trips, I look at Vacation Bible School, I look at me and Elaine dating and I know you're like, what's Pastor Glenn's hand doing right there? My hand was innocent and it was fine, okay? You see me in the top corner, I was Salty the Singing Songbook when I was 16 years old. Pretty embarrassing. You know, underneath that, on the far right, that was my first experience in ministry as a four and five-year-old leader. I was the joy clown, and I would look at these pictures and I thought life was so much easier then. It was less hurt. It was less rushed. It was less crowded. There were so many moments, and if you look back in your life, you could take that down, because I know you guys are like, "Whoa." As you live your life, there are God moments that he has for you, but yet we get so busy and so rushed and so overwhelmed and so stressed out that we don't enjoy the journey. I want you to know, following Jesus is a journey. There's gonna be mountaintops, there's gonna be valleys, but through it all, There's a way that God wants us to live, and there's a way that God wants us to walk that is going to truly set us free from the burdens, the anxieties, the fears, the problems. Some of you think, well, Pastor Glenn, you're just a pastor, you you know, everything's perfect. Let me tell you, everything is not perfect. It wasn't a perfect journey over these last 30 years as a pastor, There were definitely some high moments. There was a time we were one of the largest youth ministries in Florida. Wow, it was exploding youth ministry. But I want to tell you this, what's happening right now is a greater season of youth ministry at Countryside Christian Church than it was even back then. Right now, that's happening with our young people and with our youth. But as I started advancing in leadership and became the executive pastor and going through the building process of this building, it was overwhelming we went through so many financial burdens, I didn't know what to do, how to carry it. We were letting staff go all over the place. It was hurtful, it was painful, people were leaving. And after five years of building this building, I was burned out. I was fried. I just wanted to reprieve. But God has a sense of humor. I became senior pastor instead. And what I took over was absolutely overwhelming. I want to encourage you, you want the details, it's a very easy read, it's only $5. It's like next to nothing. Get that book, because it'll tell you in detail the goodness of God every step of the way. So I'm waking up every day, God, how am I going to do this? I wasn't trained to be a senior pastor. I never thought about being a senior pastor. I'm feeling like a failure every single week. People are asking me, what's your vision? And we were in so much financial Problems, my vision was to stay open one more week. What's your vision? To have church next week. Let's believe God that it's gonna happen. Amen, we believe God. But it was overwhelming. And then 2014, my brother passed away. So I was living on the edge, trying to do it myself, trying to save the church. But listen, our church didn't need saving. Glenn Davis wasn't going to save anything. God was going to save, God was going to move. God had his way and his desires and oftentimes I got in the way trying to do it all. I kept pushing, trying to succeed, trying to make it happen. And in the process of trying to do all of those things, I was becoming a person, instead of someone that I was excited to be, I was becoming a person that I was repulsed by. A person that was overwhelmed, a person that was depressed, a person that was anxious, a person that was sad, because I was not going the way of Jesus. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, it says, there's a way that appears right, but in the end, it leads to death. You see, when you put all this pressure of it's about me, it's me that's going to do it, then everything is hinging on you and that is an overwhelming pressure you don't need to do. So in 2015, I just pushed, 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 drove, 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 and I was at a point where I could not even function. And I stepped away. I stepped out of the pulpit for a year and a half. But I wanna tell you what happened in that year and a half. In that year and a half, God restored and refreshed my soul. He took me out of what I would consider a position and put me right in the middle of the palm of his hands. And I was able to rest for the first time in a decade because my life suddenly slowed down and I allowed God to truly be the Lord of my life. John Ortberg has a quote, In one of his books it says, love and hurry are fundamentally incompatible. Love always takes time. And time is the one thing that hurried people don't have. So over these past four years, I consider them my greatest years of ministry ever. Not because I'm working less, but because I'm finding rest. I'm putting rest into my schedule. I'm putting time with God at the top of my schedule so that I'm finding a real rhythm of rest, grace, and peace. You see, when we prioritize stuff, things, all these things that don't matter, we're going to be overwhelmed with the cares of this world. But when we begin to allow God to truly bring peace into our hearts, and prioritize our time with him, that's what follows time with the Father. Oftentimes on my Facebook, you'll see pictures of me, maybe at Disney or at Punagorda. We go to Punagorda. People are like, why do you go to Punagorda? It's because that's where the old people live. <laughs> you know, here we go out to eat at four o'clock, there's nobody in the restaurant. Punagorda, four o'clock, it's hot. It's popping at four o'clock in Punta Gorda. But but what we do is we get out of our environment and we spend time with each other. We spend time away, out of the atmosphere, out of the thought. See, during those other years, constantly trying to fix things, fix things. I wouldn't shut my brain out. Elaine would talk to me and I'm like, what did you just say? Where are you, Glenn? I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to fix the situation. I'm just trying to think of it. You see, you could be at home. It's not about a nap. It's about finding real rest, getting your mind away from all of that stuff and getting your mind to have God's mind in the mind of Jesus Christ. How I've done it, the staff that's around me, they really have responsibilities. It doesn't all rise and fall on me. So when I say see Pastor Tim because he's over that, you need to see Pastor Tim because he's over that. If there's other pastors, they're all functioning and I loose them to lead in their areas under my vision, under my leadership, but it's a team effort here at Countryside. If I go out and get hit by a bus, we're just probably gonna be better, honestly. Our church is amazing. What makes our church great, I say it often, it's because of you. It's because of the team that God's placed for such a time of this, in this moment. It's not built on one personality. It's a kingdom-minded group of people that love the Lord and have joined our hearts together as one to move the kingdom forward. So how do we do this? How do we walk out and do our responsibilities and to live our lives and to have peace and joy? This is how you do it. Matthew 11, starting in verse 28. It says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. How many want rest for your souls? I'm raising it up again. It says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What is a yoke? What is the yoke of the Lord? I wanna show you a picture. This is what a yoke is. It's a work tool. It's a work tool that's used to put two animals together so that one animal's not carrying the load, but it's two animals working side by side, simultaneously getting the work done with ease and without burden. Somebody like, Pastor Glenn, you just said I was gonna get rest and relieve my burdens. You're gonna tell me to take on a work tool? And you're like, I, I don't need a work tool, I need a nap. I need a jacuzzi is what I need. No, let me tell you, this work tool, when you put and take on the yoke of Christ and you have your neck in his yoke, and his neck is in the other yoke, the two of you, you in the presence of Jesus Christ in your life, is going to make your entire life in every area less, burden-free. Because when you take on the yoke of the Lord, his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. The Bible says to cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. Lord, it's yours. We're working together in this. God, this is yours. This is your yoke. You're easy. Your yoke is easy, your burden is light. Take on the yoke of the Lord to allow yourself truly to have rest. Can you say amen? Amen. In your notes. Jesus is inviting us to the best way, to be joined with him, not to just believe his truth, which absolutely is important, but to live his way. To live like Jesus lived. Some of you are like, well, I'm a single parent. I got two jobs. That's easy for you to say, pastor. Maybe you work for the worst boss in the world. You're like, that's easy for you to say, pastor. Well, listen, Jesus had a pretty big assignment and he walked it out. He had to live a perfect life. Imagine if you had that burden to live. Jesus did it. Jesus died for the sins of mankind with a horrible, brutal brutal death. Let me tell you, Jesus didn't have it easy, but his yoke was easy and his burden was light. He would disconnect from the crowd to spend time with the Father. He would have long meals with his disciples, deep conversations with them. He would stop and listen and love those that were hurting. See, what I'm talking about is the way of Jesus. Today's not gonna give you a quick fix. You may be sitting there like, man, a little bit frustrated. Well, I wanna just tell you, if you're sick of the pace, if you're sick of the stress in your life, if you're sick of the fear and the anxiety, if you're tired of being exhausted all the time, if you're sick of going back and forth but feeling you're staying in the same place, if you're tired of making the same New Year's resolution every year for the last decade and it always ends the same way, Church, I'm gonna be talking about the best way that God wants us to live. The 23rd Psalm, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he restores my soul. That's what Jesus did to me. It's like, it's not gonna be about you, pal. And he made me lie down in green pastures for a year and a half. It was like a year and a half break where I was able to just be poured into I was just able to feed, I was able to rest, and I was able to truly fall deeply in love with Jesus even more. Find those green pastures. So what are we gonna do over these next few weeks? What is the direction that we're going? What are we gonna talk about? So if you're feeling rushed, stressed, and overwhelmed, we're gonna be talking about next week the unhurried rhythms of grace. How to just slow down your life and rest and walk in the grace of God. So many Christians are overcome by temptation, and they feel far from God, maybe spiritually dry, especially in this season that we're walking in. But we're gonna be talking about how to have an unbroken fellowship with the Father, how to truly enjoy his presence intimately, intimately falling in love with Jesus in the time that we spend with him. Some of us are unfocused or preoccupied or distracted by just stupid things that we busy our lives with. We're gonna talk about how to unclutter our lives in the pursuit of God's mission and assignment for each one of us. So many people, they live regretting the past that they can't change, worry about the future that they can't control and, per, and physically not present in their mind is constantly somewhere else. We're gonna talk and give you tools out to have an undivided attention in the moment of the day, in the moment of your seasons, in the moment with your family. So how are we gonna do this? Here's what we're going to be doing. Here's what we're we're doing differently in 2022 as a church, and here's what you need to do to join in. You want to join in to what God wants to do or just want to keep having the same thing as we've always had. These are some things that we're going to do to put God in the forefront so that we can go deeper in with our walk with the Lord. So we're starting the year with 21 days of prayer. I'm asking people to consider things that may be dominating their time or maybe to fast social media or sugar, to maybe fast meals, whatever it is that gets your mind focused on 21 days of prioritizing your life and your relationship with Jesus Christ. During this time, we have 19 videos that are set up in your weekend guide. I want everyone to take out your weekend guide. There's a QR code. You can click on that QR code, and there are 19 videos from the Bible Project to help you learn how to study the Word of God so that you can systematically get it inside of your heart and you know what the Word of God is telling you. So many people, they say, I read the word, I don't even know what it's saying. This is going to help you have tools so that you can learn how to study the word of God. So this Wednesday is Worship Wednesday. How about us come together and let the house of God be filled up on a Wednesday night as we launch into prayer and fasting and Worship Wednesday. It's gonna be a wonderful time. So not that Friday, but the following Friday in the chapel, And I would love to pack that out so we have to come into here. We have so many people that are praying on that Friday night. We're gonna have a night of prayer, focused prayer. We're gonna pray about everything you can think about, but we're gonna pray. If you have needs, we're gonna pray for you that night. And then we're gonna follow up with the following Wednesday and end the 21 days with Worship Wednesday. That's to get our year started off right. But if we don't start changing in the way that we do things, we're just gonna end up with the same result. So how can you get connected in a church like Countryside? There's a lot of new people that are in our church right now and they're wondering, how in a church this large can I get connected? We are a group's church. We have about a hundred groups that you can join. You can't, whatever your interests are, we have a golf group, we have an exercise group, we have sermon-based group, we have women's Bible study, we have men's Bible study. Anything that you can think of or need, I wanna encourage you, sign up in the North Lobby today. Ask questions, find your place so that you can connect with other believers. Life was not meant to do alone. We need each other, I need you. You need each other, and that's a perfect opportunity for you to connect. Our men and women on the 19th, they're gonna have free dinners. Men, free Italian, ziti, fettuccine Alfredo, salad, bread, free, free, but you've got to sign up. You've got to sign up so we know how much food to get, but this is in the memory of Vic Affery. His brother donated, wanting to bring the men and women together and honor his brother. That's gonna be a great, great night for you to, to come and to be together. Women, you're gonna be having Hicks barbecue. Women, they're like, why doesn't men always get this food? Women, let's pack out the house for Jesus for women's dinner with Hicks barbecue. But I'm also excited about Pastor Tim's class. You know, last week I announced that class, 220 people signed up immediately, 220 people. You have to sign up. You wanna go through a verse by verse study. So many people are like, I wanna go in deeper. We're going in deeper and we're giving you opportunity to go in deeper, but you gotta show up. Sign up in the lobby for Pastor Tim's class. There's going to be a free work booklet. You're going to get a certificate if you complete 14 out of the 19 weeks. It's going to be amazing. Sign up today. He has to know that. And something else I'm very excited. A dear friend of mine just started coming back to our church just several months ago. His name is Pastor Randy Evans. Pastor Randy Evans was the first full-time youth pastor at Countryside back in 1986. Pastor Randy Evans, when I became a pastor, he said, Glenn, I've got three things I want you to know. This will cause you to walk in success in ministry. Remember this, relationship, relationship, relationship. If people know that you love them and that you care and that you're there for them, they're gonna listen to every word you have to say about God's word. Pastor Randy was our youth pastor for seven years. He birthed the church in Largo Grace Christian Fellowship. He was the lead pastor of that church for 27 years, has recently retired, highly educated man. He's in my book. One of three pastors that impacted my life the very most was Pastor Randy Evans. Pastor Randy, will you stand up so they can honor you and also know who you are? Pastor Randy is leading a group. There's a women's Bible study that's happening on Thursdays at 9.30, which is an amazing group led by Sharon Lanham. Pastor Randy is going to be leading a Bible study group, another in-depth verse-by-verse study on the book of Psalms. Some people can't drive at night. This is an opportunity. Somebody that may have children in school and you, you're looking for something to do during the day from 9.30 to 10.30 on, Wednesday, on Thursdays, in the chapel, Pastor Randy is going to be sharing his heart. Not only is it in death, but Pastor Randy is fun. He's a fun guy to be with, and I'm so thankful. So sign up with Pastor Randy in the lobby. It'll be a great, great opportunity for you. Church, something has to change. So if you're tired of the grind, You're tired of the stress, tired of being miserable, tired of being afraid, tired of being angry, tired of being anxious, too many problems to solve, too much weight to carry, too much pain to bear. There's a way. There's a way to live our life free of all of those things. And today I want you to know that way is Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And as we close this service today, I just want you just to enjoy the song, listen to the words of the song, but also look inside of your heart. What's going to be different in 2022 to draw you closer to truly the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen.
1: Amen.
2: heads and close your eyes just for a moment, not looking around at anyone else. The most important thing that could happen in a person's life is going to happen to some folks lives now. I believe that there are people, could be you, in this room watching online. You're saying, I've never really had that intimate, relationship with Jesus I've never come to him, given him my whole heart, my whole life my trust I've never really received his forgiveness God sent his son into the world not just to be an example of life but to give new life to those that come to him ask for forgiveness and are born again and if you want to say to me today, Pastor Tim, I, I, I would like for you to include me in this prayer, you're going to pray. In just a moment, I'll ask you to slip your hand up in the air and when I do and I see it, you just put it right back down. I'm not going to call you out or ask you to stand up or anything like that. With everyone's head bowed, everyone's eyes closed, if you are being drawn by the spirit now and you say pastor tim yes i want to be included in this prayer please pray for me i'm going to count to three as soon as i do slip your hand up in the air one two three thank you yes i see your hands here and there thank you and i see your hand yes i see your hand i'm on this side i am now just slip your hand up in the air yes i see them i see them yes and your hands so many hands yes Thank you. Wow, God is so good. Would you, for the sake of those who just raised their hands and wanna be included in this prayer, can we all pray this prayer together? Would you repeat after me? Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I know I've done wrong, but you sent your son to die for my sins. So forgive me of my sins, give me new life, I receive your gift. And Lord Jesus, I make you my Lord, my Savior, and my God, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Can we give God some praise for what he just did there? And would you stand with me now to receive Your blessing. You can raise your hands or just turn your palms upward in an attitude of receiving. So I have a blessing for you in this moment. May the Lord bless you with peace, with an unhurried devotion to His presence. May your relationship with Jesus be deeper this day, this month, this year than ever before and may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you, church. and We'll see you on Wednesday. Worship Wednesday.